0: Ruin My Childhood.
1: Thank you for listening to Ruin My Childhood, the podcast where we decide if some things are better left in the past. I'm Mike. And I'm Kat. And uh, Kat, what are we going to be talking about today?
0: A Knight's Tale. A
1: Knight's Tale. You've
0: been harassing me to watch this one.
1: For at least a year. Yeah. But it it kind of made sense for us to do it at this point. Uh, Renaissance Fair would have ended a few weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, You work Every weekend at, at the Renaissance Fair here in Southern California. You did it for years in Northern California. Uh, I think
0: this movie is supposed to be medieval times.
1: It's supposed to be in the Renaissance. The <laughs> uh, Renaissance. Uh, Chaucer's in it. Oh, really? Yeah, Chaucer. Jeffrey Chaucer is... Uh, or Joff- Is it Joffrey or Jeffrey Chaucer?
0: I think it's Jeffrey.
1: Yeah. But uh, Chaucer... Uh, is Paul Bettany's character, so it would be Renaissance.
0: Oh, but
1: uh yeah, we decided to watch this because obviously, jousting is a big part of the Renaissance Fair, and
0: <laughs> is that uh, what we just? Well, it was just
1: you know something to remind us of the Renaissance Fair since we weren't <laughs> able to go this year because coronavirus.
0: Coronavirus.
1: What do you remember about this movie?
0: Not much, honestly. I remember the music. Right. The music was unique. And that was kind of like the big buzz it was getting when it first came out. Uh, it had Heath Ledger in all his glory. This is when P. he was like very young and he was like a little cherub. Yeah, he
1: hadn't done a ton of stuff that were, you know, big U.S. movies yet. I, no. I, I, th- I think he had done 10 Things I Hate About You and The Patriot by this point, And that was really it.
0: Yeah. And honestly, not much Alan Tudyk.
1: Alan Tudyk is in it. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's about it.
1: So... <laughs> I, I remember a little bit more. This was a movie that my family liked. Every time it came on TV, we watched it. We we own the Blu-ray, but we've never actually watched it. I'm pretty sure I picked this up on like a Black Friday sale, and we just haven't watched it in years, knowing we're going to eventually cover it on the podcast. Right. But uh, I definitely remember the music, uh, obviously modern music. There was Queen, uh, ACDC, a lot of big bands. I think David Bowie as well. Uh, so yeah, modern music and a Renaissance movie. I definitely remember the jousting. I remember a scene where they make fun of him because he's got really light armor that a female blacksmith makes him.
0: Why well, you remember a lot about this.
1: But my dad watched it every time it came on TV. It's still probably <laughs> been at least 12 years since I've watched it because it's been that long since... I've lived with my family, or I guess it's only been about 10 years, but still. Yeah, it's Uh, been
0: about 10 years since I've seen this.
1: Yeah, so it's, yeah, about 10 years. I watched it a lot, and I'm actually really excited about watching this one. I feel like it's going to be pretty good.
0: This one came out in that era around uh, Ever After, when they started kind of putting a modern twist on older material, I guess.
1: Yeah, but still kept it in the time period that it was in.
0: Yeah, it was fun. They played around with a lot of things. A lot of uh, leeway was given for historical inaccuracies right. for the sake of artistic expression. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and you know that's actually coming back. There's that show on Hulu that I really want to watch. I think uh, I think it's called The Great, and it's about Catherine the Great.
0: Oh yeah, I wanna and see
1: that. it doesn't look like it's historically accurate at all. No, well, it looks very rain.
0: funny. Rain is probably the least historically accurate thing I've ever seen. But, oh, I mean, that CW show? It's not quite as sexy to have her married to like a 12-year-old cripple, right. so I get it.
1: Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about this movie after we watch it, but we do have a couple of comments from our listeners. Do you want to read one?
0: Sure. Kenton Zero Adamar says, you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting.
1: I think that's from the bad guy. Is it Rufus? I never remember his last name. I know it's <laughs> I think Rufus. That's the
0: end of the movie. Yeah. Because several people say it.
1: Right. But uh I'm pr- Adamar, I think, is Rufus's character. Yeah. I've, he plays the bad guy in everything. He
0: does. He's such a good baddie.
1: I, I've met him. He's very, very nice. I sold him a camera and a computer when I still worked retail.
0: He's British and he lives here.
1: I mean, he may have just Poor been thing. here filming something, but uh, he's very nice. He had his kids with him and he was a very nice man. Oh. Uh, we have Lacey Waldron says, the group danced to Golden Years. To this day, I can't hear that song without thinking of this movie. Yep, David yep, Bowie.
0: Definitely. I yeah, I remember
1: song. that scene when he just makes up a dance on the spot because he's an imposter.
0: Well, you always have to have a good dance scene. It's, it's a teen movie.
1: Yeah, it, it really is when you think about it.
0: How many movies back then for teens didn't have a big dance sequence?
1: No, they all at least have some sort of musical yeah. number like we did, uh... I Can't Hardly Wait not too long ago and you had him singing <laughs> Guns N' Roses. Yeah. yeah. You have to have some sort of musical number.
0: We, we were having a Bollywood moment.
1: Yeah, we kind of were. You want to read that last one?
0: Wesley Freeman says, love that movie. Whoa. Mm.
1: Well, sounds like it's pretty good. Let's go watch it, come back and talk about it.
0: All right. Someday, I'll be a knight. Yes, William, if he believes enough, a man can
1: do anything. We could do this. In one month, we could be on our way to glory and riches none of us ever dreamed of.
0: You can't even joust. I think he's getting worse. He is getting worse.
1: I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you Ulrich von Lichtenstein from Gelderland. Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. I would
0: have him win my heart. He's won four tournaments in a row. On a horse, that man is unbeatable. You're just a silly boy with a horse and a stick. Ooh. It's called a loss. Hello.
1: Alright, we watched a night's tale. And there's a lot to unpack in this movie. Like.
0: Quite a, a lot different. I, <laughs>
1: I, I don't know how to say how I feel about this film because there were certain things certainly things that I liked about it, but there were it it wasn't a good movie,
0: yeah, I don't know if I would call it good and and here's the important distinction there and I say this a lot it doesn't have to be a good movie to be genuinely enjoyable
1: absolutely and it
0: doesn't have to be a good movie for me to love it
1: and it doesn't necessarily have to be so bad that it's good to be enjoyable like you can have a movie that's just just a movie. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like this cradles that line of being just a movie. It
0: cradles a line? Why would you cradle a line when you can straddle it? seems it, it, easier.
1: <laughs> it straddles that line of being just a movie to almost just being a <laughs> bad movie. Like it's, It rides that line. It's
0: pretty ridiculous at points, but it, it's it endearing. It really is. It's very idealistic.
1: It, it is. And it's what's interesting is how it is so historically accurate in the fact that it isn't like every knight that's named was a real knight but all these knights lived hundreds of years apart from each other right uh it had uh jeffrey chaucer played by paul bettany it had prince edward who was a real prince and and everything but they called him the the black prince or something like that but that wasn't his name until like a hundred years after he died yeah so you know they they pepper in all these little things but it's not accurate at all. No. Like even um, Sir Ulrich Van Lichtenstein, which is the, Von
0: Lichtenstein. F- the
1: fake name that Heath Ledger's character Will takes on, was a real knight who anytime he got struck would give somebody a gold ring and he ended up giving like hundreds of rings out over his lifetime.
0: Dang. Yeah. Swag for his groupies. Yeah. Well,
1: it, the he would give them to his opponents that hit him. What? Yeah. So if he got struck by a lance on a joust and they broke a lance on him he would give them a golden ring huh and he gave out hundreds of them over his career why i don't know do you want to summarize this movie real quick no Okay, not i'll at summarize all. it real quick
0: when have i ever wanted to summarize I, a movie you know what
1: maybe one day you'll surprise our listeners it's
0: not in my in my skill set I, I don't even know that i can do it
1: all right i got you fam
0: just pretty bad for an actor <laughs> nice. and a podcast host tell me about the film that you wrote <laughs> i don't know <laughs>
1: So basically, this movie is about a squire named Will played by Heath Ledger. A little fact about Heath Ledger. His name is actually Heather Ledger. Stop. That's the joke I've been teeing and teasing. For That's
0: months. the joke? <laughs> what?
1: You want to tell our listeners what, what's going on?
0: Oh, my God. For months, Mike has been... On my case about doing this episode of the podcast so that we could watch a night's tale, and he had this great joke saved up. And maybe like once every week and a half for six months, he's been like, "Oh, I have such a good joke for Night's Tale. Such a good joke. I can't." It's wait. been like a
1: month and a half. But it's okay. been
0: longer than that. It's been about a month it's and a half. It's been at okay. least since quarantine started. We're just in a weird place where time feels a little less linear, I guess. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I've been teeing up this joke for- For that. From a month and a half to three months, we'll say.
0: For that. And she
1: thought it was going to be this terrible joke about him being, you know, not alive. But no, it's the stupid name about his <laughs> joke about his name, it's and that's a, not it's even It's the kind of
0: joke that just gets, like, a peanut M&M thrown at you. <laughs> it's too thin. As she
1: looks around for things to throw at me.
0: I, I, I've got this- <laughs>
1: no, ow, you just <laughs> sprayed me with the cat spray bottle. Uh, kind of got your headphones a little, might a little bit. A little bit. So anyway, <laughs> um, this movie is about a squire named Will played by Heath Ledger. He is supposed to be taking care of this knight during this uh, <laughs> tournament, but the knight dies. So he decides to impersonate his, uh, his knight, win the tournament, and then decides to just keep this going and pr- creates this knight persona and just... Breaks the law by essentially impersonating a cop for the whole movie. Uh, and that, that's pretty much it. He's just trying to change his stars and become an actual knight by the end of the movie.
0: Oh, so
1: so this movie just kind of really just kicks off with Queen.
0: It just kind of really just kind of?
1: Yep. yep. That's exactly <laughs> what it does.
0: Uh, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> because you get
1: We Will Rock You by Queen, one of the greatest rock songs, one of the biggest songs that play at actual rock. Oh, not rock it, but like sporting events to get people pumped. And that was the big reason why the director, uh, Brian Helgeland, used modern music is he said that, you know, if you look back at Renaissance movies and medieval movies and using that kind of music, it doesn't get us contemporary viewers pumped. Like the music doesn't do anything for us. So he basically was trying to say, Queen, the way we feel about We Will Rock You is how they would have felt about the Renaissance music of the time that they would have been playing at the, the joust tournament. Mm-hmm. So he, he's basically tried to say he substituted modern music for equivalent music of that time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but the issue that I had with it is not that I didn't enjoy having, you know, David Bowie queen, uh, dc was you start the movie with queen, but just have it with like a bunch of, uh, I, I almost said protesters. I don't know why I almost said, um, Peasants, a bunch of peasants just like half ass singing the song because they're Czech extras. They don't really know English that well. But you just (laughs) see a bunch of people singing Queen for, you know, three or four minutes while the credits roll where I would have rather seen them going boom, 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 as like the joust was going or something to show. But yeah, it was a little weird just having Queen as the opening credits.
0: Yeah, I think it was just meant to pump people up. Yeah. Really get them going. And
1: what really starts the story is uh, Heath Ledger shows up. We first see him all gross. He has like a really gnarly beard, really long, matted, dreaded hair. And he's got these cloth nose plugs (laughs) in his nose. And he's trying to get his, I don't know what you call They're not master. If you're a squire, what is your knight? Do you call them? They're not your master, but they're kind of your mentor. They
0: are. Yeah.
1: So he's trying to get, I guess, his master, his knight to wake up and go joust and the guy's not responding so he takes out his nose plugs and he hands them to roland who's played by mark addy who played robert Bar- baratheon in uh game of thrones that's where most people know him from uh he puts the nose plugs in his nose and then goes and prods the guy. He's like oh yeah he's dead
0: it's disgusting
1: <laughs> yeah and then like he just that's kind of where the movie kicks off they for do a one-off thing where they impersonate the knight and then they kind of get this idea that they could do this permanently and just pretend to be a knight and his squires and just win money going around the country doing jousts and
0: doing doing games
1: and whatnot, (laughs) pulling shenanigans.
0: Right off the bat, this movie makes it clear that it's not going to be quite like the other um, vaguely historical movies of the era. There were quite a few at that time. We uh, We had Ever After, which was a big one. That came out around the same kind of yeah, a era. couple of
1: years, like maybe two or three years before this, yeah. And this, close.
0: I think, this made it clear from the beginning that they wanted it to be a little bit grittier. Wanted to show a little bit more of like the dirty side of yeah. Their life. Yeah, <laughs> because let's face it, people probably smelled disgusting and were filthy most of the time. Right, they would just smell nice smelling things to drown it out.
1: Yeah, rose petals, whatnot.
0: Um, and, and we we actually see like two dead bodies in yeah, one it's of the weird. first dark. scenes so they're arguing back and forth about this ridiculous plan for him to become a knight or pretend to be a knight and train for these tournaments and they don't have much time um the two servants are just explaining how ridiculous it is that it's never going to work. And then at the end of this argument, the camera does a 180 and we see a cage with a dead man in it and another man hanging next to him. Yeah,
1: it's super dark. It kind and of reminds me of a Cohen film, it's Coen it's Brothers just, film. Right,
0: yeah, just to reinforce the line of, we know our place in life, but just like those servants there forgot, we're tempting fate.
1: Yeah. Well, and then it kind of, they make a, a more... I mean, it's no more rational than that. But they make a rational argument of we have no money. Like we just won this. We're lucky we didn't get caught doing this. We literally ran away after we won. We have enough money to have food and get us home. Like we should just do that. And he convinces them to let him train. We get something another staple of these type of movies, the montage.
0: Well, okay. So why why exactly does he feel so adamantly about training because if he was a squire then that would mean that he had been serving this night since he was 14 years old right so a squire like generally does work his way up to eventually become a knight. Well, what, I, what I'm
1: confused about is I don't know if we actually saw the dead knight's body or his face, because later on in the movie in a flashback, this, this movie just flashbacks interestingly. Normally it's like somebody gets hit in the head or something, and then they go into a flashback. But we see a knight that seems to be well-to-do, has a pretty large crew, but I don't think that knight is the same knight that died at the beginning. So maybe he didn't progress far enough in his training. Like he still is just a squire. Like you look at his clothing and he's pretty worn and tattered and dirty. Yeah. So I, yeah, we, they don't really explain, but yeah, he's so pressed to do that because his father gave him up when he was like 10 years old to go be a squire and maybe someday be a knight with the goal of changing his stars. And so that's what he did. He gave up his father to go be a knight and his knight died I and mean, he's no it, further his along
0: dad couldn't feed him anyway yeah
1: i mean there's that too <laughs> but you know he spent his whole life working towards this and now the knight died before he's at that level where he can go and do anything like, yeah he's got no, he has no prospects he has no skills other than being a squire what's he going to do he'd have to go find another knight he's a little too old for another knight. yeah he's a little too old for someone to take him on as a new squire like what is he going to do?
0: They need an app that matches <laughs> squire. squires with knights. knights. Right. Dead squire, we've got you covered.
1: Right? It's like <laughs> Batman eating a new Robin.
0: What would you call that?
1: I think joust. I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Lance allow out?
0: New lances. New lances. That's not bad.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But... <laughs> Uh, so they, they have this training montage, which I thought was fun because the training montage never shows him actually get really good. No. It just shows him by the end of the montage, he, he's able to get a lance through a ring while being dragged on a boat. But It's he just ends fun. Up, it's he, a good time. Exactly. He ends up falling off the boat and drowning because he's in armor and he can't get out. It's, I thought that was pretty fun. But, you know you don't get the impression that he's going to be very good.
0: Well, you didn't have much time and it's not like they had a lot of money to live off of. Right. How long was it?
1: So they, had they like say a about a month. And so you imagine anywhere that you're walking is probably going to be at least a week's worth of walking. So you can imagine he probably trained for two to three weeks max. Hmm. And then they're walking and this is what I thought was great. And I, think that the supporting cast was really important to this movie but we were introduced to two very important characters over the next 15 minutes or so
0: we meet chaucer yep. in the buff
1: yep yeah so we, they're they're walking to the next tournament they see paul bentney's ass he's naked <laughs> and he they they ask him who he is and he mentions that he's a writer and they don't even know what that means me
0: yeah but they they know what a writer is they don't know his work.
1: No, they, he, they're they like, what does that mean? Like a uh, Watt played by uh, Alan Tudyk was just like super confused by the notion that somebody could make a living writing. He's like, what, what, is, what does that even mean?
0: Right. And, and someone in their station as servants, of course, would not be litter. But at the time, and of course, this depends on when in the Renaissance and where in the Renaissance and religious leanings, um, but at the time, one would think that Will, if he was a squire, would probably be in the roughly 40% of people in England uh, at that time who could read. And they would be able to read yeah. in Latin. They would be able to read in English. And also, some of them, depending on the era, in a Norse language or French. But yeah, right. they, they needed and to he, he be able to understand. Though. And the servants wouldn't have.
1: Right. So yeah, they did. Alan Tudyk and Roland definitely wanted to know. But yeah, I could see maybe Will knowing something because as a knight, you would have to be able to read letters from your lord if you need to go into battle or whatever. So yeah, that is kind of surprising. He,
0: I don't know. I can't speak to the education level of a lowly squire. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, but yeah, so what I think, you know, going into like literacy, what I thought was really interesting was if they didn't meet Chaucer they would have been found out immediately their first their first time entering a tournament.
0: So is it that Chaucer's just bored?
1: So this is supposed to be during a period where uh, there's about a six-month-to-a-year period where historians cannot account for where Chaucer was.
0: That's hilarious. So
1: they're saying this movie takes place in that six months-to-a-year where nobody could track him down. So this was before he wrote The Canterbury Tales.
0: Interesting.
1: So... Yeah, he just decides to help, help him out, and it's not just because he decides to help him out because he's bored, it's because he has a gambling problem, and that's why we see him naked, is they literally took the clothes off his back.
0: Did Chaucer have a gambling problem?
1: I don't know if the real life Chaucer did, but this Chaucer did.
0: <laughs> this Chaucer's more interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, so he, he's he's a hype man, he's <laughs> he's a document uh, forger, he, he does a little bit of everything, but... Yeah, the reason he sticks around is he has gambling debts that uh Will agrees to assume the debt if he helps him get through the tournaments and forge any paperwork he needs and also to be his herald.
0: Everyone needs a hype man.
1: Right. So if, but he didn't even realize he needed that. Like he didn't realize that these larger tournaments, you had to have a herald who would call you out. You had to have, um, they called them patents, which are basically your, I guess like the equivalent of a driver's license that says, hey, I'm a knight.
0: A <laughs> patented knight.
1: <laughs> yeah. So You know, if it wasn't for them just by chance running across Chaucer, they would have been probably hung the next day.
0: Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Pretty much all of the... Tiny like single or two-line characters, like all the blacksmiths, when uh his armor gets busted in that first tournament and he needs to get it repaired. He starts looking around the village for a blacksmith that will take it. And all of these Czech guys are like, No, I'm not gonna fix it in their super thick accents. And then he eventually finds Kate and she has an Irish accent out of nowhere. No explanation for why she's the only one with that accent, but you know, whatever it works
1: well what's funny about that and that whole interaction was great because he does trick her into one repairing his armor right uh by saying you know they weren't gonna do it but i thought i'd give you a chance but they said don't even bother and she's like what did they say because i'm a woman's like no they said you were great with horseshoes but shite with armor the mm. fact a woman never came up so he tricks her into fixing the armor but then she kind of tricks him into taking her along for the rest of the journey because she needs to get back to london but can't afford it
0: i thought she was going to paris oh no she,
1: you're right so she wanted to go to paris and couldn't afford it so she tells him like hey if you just repair your armor people are going to figure out this isn't your armor mm-hmm. you need new armor let me do it i'll take care of you so if it wasn't for her he also would have got caught yeah but it was funny Your to your point with the the check extras uh A lot of the extras didn't speak english and you know obviously one of the big draws to paul bentney's characters he's the herald and he you know he's the hype man he's screaming and shouting you know boasting about sir ulrich von lichtenstein and he has these really high energy speeches to get people pumped about him and there's one at the smaller tournament where nobody cheers after he's done and so roland goes Yeah, like puts his hand (laughs) in his mouth and kind of cheers. And then everyone starts cheering. That was ad libbed because the extras did not speak English. And so they didn't (laughs) realize that their cue came up for them to start cheering. So Mark Addy just ad libbed that. And so had the role and character do that, and then everybody started cheering. So it just happened to be perfect timing that there was a camera on him,
0: oh and God. they got that
1: going, and they they kept it in the movie.
0: I gotta hand it to them; like it doesn't sound like an easy undertaking to film something in a foreign country with that many people who probably don't speak the right. language of most of the crew. One would assume because right. usually they'll bring their crew from wherever well no i know i know and like is there much film industry in the czech so republic this, so,
1: this was a sony columbia picture and i know a lot of the times like i know sony has like a uh i almost said like a stronghold or a foothold in in london so i'm sure they just pulled like the london crew from from sony studios london. but london
0: <laughs> i mean this must have been so fun to work on but i'm one thing I can't wrap my head around is how the hell they filmed the joust. Some of the camera work in there, like I just don't see any way that a camera/camera slash person does not get smacked with I a lance. I feel
1: like they had to have cameras just mounted on the horses or I'm sure they had, you know, crane shots or something, I don't know, but I can tell you the way they did it safely was they used um they obviously they had stunt people, but they had each lance was like previously scored. So it would actually break, and then they filled it with balsa wood, and they put holes in it, and put uncooked linguine in it What to fill the holes, so you couldn't <laughs> see it. But then it would fly out, and it would look like wood splinters. Yeah, it so looked it was, amazing. It was, the the tips were hollow. It made with balsa wood and filled with uh, pasta. So when they hit things, it would look like wood splattered everywhere. There's
0: this one shot where it's in the middle of the joust, and the camera had to be set up on a track um, right down the middle. What do you even call the? Is it arena? Is it an arena? I guess. guess. Yeah. Pitch. I don't know. It's it's on that middle thing, and it completely like it rides alongside the horse, and then you see the impact right in front of the camera. You see all the splinters. It had to be either a track or a jib, and just the technical mastery it takes to pull off a shot like that is pretty absurd.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, it, I was impressed with like the stunt work. There were a lot of times where you'd see like a guy get hit by the lance, flip backwards, slide across that middle rail, and then fall in the mud. I'm like, how did they do this? And they're wearing full suits of armor, so clearly they, I'm sure they have padding underneath, but still, that had to hurt.
0: It's insane. There's so many moving parts. Like it, just from a liability standpoint, right. there are horses. they are the horse handlers. I think a lot of times for the shots when a horse is pulling off um, a stunt like this, you do have to have their trainer riding them. So how do you integrate that with the stunt men who are then getting smacked with the right. lance? Yeah. It's just a lot. There's a lot to set up and think about.
1: Absolutely. So I, I do want to go back to Kate real quick, uh, who was played by Laura Fraser, uh, who I really liked her. She was probably my favorite character because she was just as smart, if not smarter than all the men in the movie. Right. She was more capable. She actually had a skill set. Mm-hmm. Like what was uh, Alan Tudyk's character's skill set other no than idea. being a friend? <laughs> Ro- what was Roland's uh, skill set other than being a friend? Sherpa. Yeah, that was it. So she had the 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 metalworking. She also had the woman's perspective when guiding him in the how to woo and court uh, Jocelyn. And
0: We should talk about Jocelyn. We should.
1: Uh But yeah, I was really just impressed with with Kate. I thought she was fun the whole movie. There's points where they call her and like, I thought you were supposed to be a blacksmith. She's like, yeah, I'm still a woman. Yeah. I really liked her and that she had agency, that she really stuck it to everybody and just kind of did what she wanted.
0: And that she didn't have to be paired off with a man. No,
1: she didn't. She was just (laughs) one of the guys. Yeah. I really appreciate that they just made her part of the gang and they kind of they only really acknowledged that she was a woman twice in the film
0: yeah so they were really close to having two strong female characters in this and i guess jocelyn is i mean she's a strong character but i feel like the rest of her story must have been edited out because we don't know that much about her
1: she she has these moments where like when she's standing up to the clergyman Mm kind of thing that you know oh she seems like she has some agency uh there's also points where she kind of calls will on his misogyny Where he's just like, would you care about my name if I wasn't pretty? And he's like, no, not of course not. I mean, yes, I would.
0: And I do like that she's living her life basically just to rage against the machine. Like, you know that she doesn't like her station. You know that she doesn't take the rules seriously because she talks in church and she makes fun of the clergyman. And she even at one point tells him, don't you shush me and not him.
1: Right. And um, so those things are great.
0: But then we don't understand her motivation for any of those things. We right. don't know where she grew up, where she came from, what her interests are beyond. Living her life with her handmaid, walking around right. the village, and then being wooed by William. Well, that that was
1: my issue with her. Like, there are other some really great things when she stands up to the clergy. Like, he raises his hand and like shows her the, his ring and expects her to kiss it, and she's like, "Oh, that's beautiful," she or something him. like that. Uh, and so, I I agree that I would have liked some backstory. Like, who was she? Because she's not a princess. She just seems like she's some noble woman. So it's like, where like back then, the church wouldn't have allowed that yeah and everything so it's like who was she that she was allowed to be like this and we never really see that
0: some courtly woman Right.
1: and then once she decides that she's into will she kind of becomes like a giggly schoolgirl. like there's one point where he he never actually promises to win a tournament for her then he writes the letter to her and then he's losing she's like it means he loves me and then, like at that point i feel like she's only there to serve as a vehicle for motivating Will as opposed to being her own character.
0: Right. She's inundated with attention from every other night and he doesn't offer the same thing, which is the only reason she's intrigued by him. Right. And then she plays games.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then once he plays her games and she's happy with him, like she's just... She's just his accessory for, like, the latter half of the movie.
0: Yeah, it's silly. So, I mean, obviously in these films, they always jump to being in love with one another even though they've just met. Right. I like that she's like, okay, well, prove your love for me. Lose the tournament. Um, but then halfway through, she changes her mind and then wants yep. him to win the tournament because I guess she realized she completely screwed him over in that yeah. request. And he is obviously losing Um So he gets the crap kicked out of him. Yep. And then at the end, she meets him in his tent and is like, hey, like ready for some action. Like (laughs) he just, he's in so much pain and now you want to get laid? Like that's rude. Yeah.
1: He grimaces when she like straddles him.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's it's hard to say that her character didn't do a lot for the movie because, but she really was like a vehicle for furthering the rivalry between Will and Adamar.
0: I just wish we knew more about her.
1: I agree, because then it would have made these other things not feel as cringy.
0: Because I didn't like her. That's I agree. The problem? Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: agree. So it's like she, we don't know her motivation, and then she quickly becomes a vehicle to further the rivalry. And I think I just needed more time to
0: warm up to her. I agree. As a human, and I think
1: getting a little bit more of their relationship would have been good because, because of her relationship, we really get some of the best parts of the movie. Like one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when she and Will get in a fight just before they go a month without seeing each other. We get this really great scene where, they, like, by committee, Will and his crew write a letter to her, and they all use their experiences and love to write a beautiful letter to Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. And then during that fight, when she's just like, you're just a silly boy with a stick, you get Watt played by Alan Tudyk going (laughs) like, it's called a lance, (laughs) duh. And it's like, it's really funny. So it's like, because of her character, you get these great moments, including the dance scene. Well,
0: and you also get all of the... The interesting dynamic with Adamar, who
1: exactly it,
0: it just elevates his disdain for William right. because you- he wants her, and it's mainly just because he can't have her because she's not interested. So he decides to bypass the entire thing, try and basically buy her
1: from the dad, yeah, from <laughs> her
0: father. Now, whether or not that's actually happening, we don't know. He could have right. just been saying that to Will right. to get under his skin he just before him a little bit before a tournament, um, but it it just makes. Adamar's character is so much more interesting because he's so incredibly smug and cool and um, overly confident at the beginning. And then he gradually comes a little bit unhinged throughout the course of the film. Right, he's obsessed. When we get to the dance scene after the tournament, he looks so flustered. It's hard to tell if he's flustered because he can't have William or because he can't have Jocelyn.
1: (laughs) Right, what was weird about that whole interaction was... I would have preferred this movie if at the beginning we had some inkling that maybe uh, Adamar knew that Will wasn't who he said he was, but didn't really have any proof because he goads Will into making up this dance. He's like, hey, Will, or not Will, hey. I think
0: that that is communicated in glances tiny little moments and that is something i like about this film is it doesn't underestimate the audience's intelligence uh, yeah
1: there is a, a really hard plot in this but I, I do agree but there's a point where he's at the dance or they're at the banquet and he's like hey um sir ulrich like why don't you show us a dance from your village i've never heard of your village before and you know we get that iconic scene of him dancing to to david bowie and it's a really fun scene but as you're watching that, some of the glances you notice, like he he does seem weird. And it's he's making these really angry self kind of faces. <laughs> and you don't know if it, it is kind of weird. Like, is he mad? The dad? way
0: they filmed it, like you see all these shots of Heath Ledger dancing and looking great. And then you see Adhemar again. And you're like, wait. Who is he into? Yeah,
1: why would he, <laughs> why would you not show the pictures or the videos of uh, Jocelyn dancing and him being jealous? Because yeah, it is a little weird and then he like storms off, like huffs off. But then he gets called to um, well, I guess before he does that, but essentially like we only have Will and Adamar interact maybe twice before he goes away for a large portion of the movie. So Will goes to say hi to Jocelyn while Adamar's there and Adamar makes fun of his armor, kind of thing. And then he loses to Adamar. After, But it was kind of like a bittersweet loss because it was the first time Adamar missed a lance, but he still ultimately beat Will. And we get that line that one of our listeners said, like, you've been weighed, you've been measured, you've come up lacking. You've or whatever. been
0: found wanting. You've been
1: found wanting. <laughs> and that's really all we get because he's sent off to war. Mm-hmm. And so for a month or something, it's something like a couple of months that Will is just going and just dominating at all these tournaments. And then you see this weird obsessive, Behavior out of Adamar, where he's essentially getting like the sports page delivered by his squire, and it's just like, uh, Ulrich wins, Ulrich wins, Ulrich wins. And he's just like, he's in war, and he's more concerned about Sir Ulrich (laughs) winning than the war.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's just a petty little man, which is part of. uh, And then he cheats. Everybody, I guess. Yeah.
1: And then he has no art, like, he can't actually beat. I, I did appreciate this at one point when they get to the next tournament and Adamar's back. He's watching, and Will has gotten significantly better. Yeah. And his own, like, coach, I guess, is like, Yeah, there's no way you beat him.
0: <laughs> like, you
1: don't beat him. Like, you're not going to. So he ends up at the end of the movie, like, using an actual sharpened lance right. to Disguised.
0: stab him with a little sugar fist i guess yeah so that's, that's what, that exactly was. what it was
1: they made more than one
0: <laughs> yeah because she's uh, the woman who made it for him is kind of like demoing it for him and he crushes it in his fist
1: i would have laughed she's like that was the only one we had <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks jerk
1: <laughs> so yeah at the end of the movie he he gets followed will gets followed by adamar as he goes to like the ghetto and goes and visits his father and his father is like, oh, you're pretty cool now. So that, great. That's
0: around the time we get this flashback scene that kind of looks like they ran out of budget. Like, yep. Like they rented the tank and a fog machine. They're like, all right, that's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah.
1: Because they like go across the river and like they just have the flashback of him going across the river when his dad gives him to the night. To and- be
0: fair, I guess it is London. So one could just like make a room incredibly foggy and be like, look, it's London. Yep. It works.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah he he figures out that will definitely isn't a knight and turns him to the the police
0: the (laughs) The
1: guards i don't know like i I don't know who you turn somebody like that into but he turns him into the authorities the
0: prince is on his side already right so. so but the
1: yeah he spends like a night in jail and then the prince comes and is like hey and we didn't talk about him earlier but there's a point Early on in the movie where he goes up against a knight who's injured. And the guy's like, I've never not finished a joust. Like, is there any way we can just draw this one? You're already winning, so you'll still win. Mm -hmm. And so William's like, sure, why? Like, yeah, I already won. And why am I going to knock you off your horse? Like, there's no reason to. Right. Well, then later on, the same knight comes back. But it turns out we figure out he's the prince. And everybody decides to forfeit and will's like no nope, and decides to go and <laughs> joust him even though he's the prince and the prince was like that was pretty cool like i'm really glad you did that
0: most people won't play with me yeah
1: so the, at the end of the movie the prince was just like yeah you did me a stall of that one time yeah you broke the law for months but i'll just i'll tell everyone you're a knight don't even worry bud right and so he's just a knight now and he like gets to maintain his same place like did they not continue the joust for the 24 hours that he was in jail
0: i don't know i'm sure he had some fabricated documents made up oh for sure I mean, but back then, I mean, like everyone's documents were fabricated. Right. Like, but sure, you're you're his son. Right. Sure.
1: So yeah, he ends up winning. He and this is like a weird thing. So we have two flashbacks, which normally are from like a blow to the head or getting splashed in the face with water. And you see Will get what? two flashbacks. like when he was on the boat uh, going across the river, like water splashes on him, and then he like flashes back to when he was like yeah. And then the other one was when he got knocked off his horse for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you see him go back to getting. Going to the night the first time. Going to the night. But this one, there's a weird one when Adamar is finally defeated. Like, Will takes off all his armor. He goes in just his tunic, which is stupid as hell. He (laughs) lashes the lance to his arm because he got stabbed by the sharpened lance. But he ends up defeating Adamar. And it has this weird scene that's like nothing else in the movie where he gets knocked off the horse and Adamar's floating. And then one by one, all of our crew, so you get Chaucer, you get Kate, you get Watt, you get Roland.
0: It's because he had already said, next time you see me, you will be looking up at me from, from your fl- back.
1: Right. So he's floating, but you have the f- crew, like his crew is like, you've been found wanting or whatever, whatever it was that Adamar said to him. Because like, it
0: was like an out of body experience. Exactly.
1: And then it like cuts back into like, whoosh, whoosh, like, it like fast forwards back into it and you see him like fly off the horse and everything. It was just weird because it was,
0: like, I liked it. it was a
1: halluc- like was this a hallucination that Adamar had or was like it was weird, like there's nothing else like it in the movie.
0: no, there isn't,
1: and then the movie just kind of ends with will kissing Jocelyn, and then the camera circles around and then it just goes to like. Black and you just see them kissing in front of like a black background, and then
0: they wrap it up with "We Are the Champions," but
1: not the Queen version, the
0: Robbie Williams version. (laughs) I mean, it was Robbie Williams and And Queen, Queen, but but of all of all choices,
1: yeah, weird.
0: Especially when you had an
1: actual Queen with Freddie Mercury song at the beginning of the movie.
0: (laughs) Maybe they could only afford to do one. If they could afford to do one, they could do afford to do the other. Maybe Queen is like, you know what? People hate this one. Can you give it a so few listens? If I
1: make a movie now and I want Queen in it, do I have to get Adam Lambert's version? Probably. Son of a... Oh, Adam Lambert. Actually, he's not terrible with the Queen stuff, but still, <laughs> it's not Freddie Mercury. It's so weird. But yeah, that's the movie.
0: It's not good. It's not a good movie.
1: <laughs> it, it really isn't.
0: I enjoyed it.
1: There's certain... like I don't think I would go and watch this again just for the sake of watching it. There
0: are moments that are really fun to make fun of because they're so just like... Dumb well, early two thousands teen movie, right? And everybody's and there,
1: charismatic and fun. And
0: then there are moments where you're like, "That's absurd," but you, you excuse it because it drives I the plot forward.
1: Like, the movie's not long; it's like not it's not only long. it's just over two hours. It's like two hours and twenty thirteen minutes, or I something. I thought it like was that. a
0: better film than it actually is. It,
1: it, the even though the, there's nothing that really lags, I don't think the pacing was necessarily great. Like there was moments where it was like. This is really fun. This is really fun. But there would be like 10 minutes of whatever in the middle.
0: There's not a lot to the script. No. But everything else, it's like it's done so beautifully and so well. And there are so many interesting right. elements to it that it makes it really and enjoyable. And there's a lot
1: of detail in it that's interesting. Like we didn't talk about it. But there's a point when um, Jocelyn's like handmaidens asks uh, Roland like, hey, what is Will's or what is Sir Ulrich's tunic going to be? that so my lady can match and he's like green with a little bit of Tail wood green. toggles and he's like looking at the tent like they had to cut their tent to make a tunic for him like right. he handmade it right there i guess that's his skill Roman skill is apparently he's pretty good at sewing <laughs> uh but yeah there's little details like that, that you are like that's brilliant but the movie's not good no so i i feel like i would watch this again if we ever had cable and this happened i'm flipping through the channels <laughs> and it was on i feel like this is something you can stop and watch if it's on tv and you just happen to see it you, you might sit there and watch it but Some i don't of know if,
0: old favorites i
1: don't know if i'd ever go back and just like i feel like watching a night's tale and watch it again
0: probably not
1: so i don't i can't say if this ruined my child or not like it's it wasn't as good as i remember but it's not terrible like i don't feel like i wasted my time my, watching my it.
0: impression of the movie is irreversibly altered but i still enjoy it
1: yeah i, I think that's fair <laughs> yeah that's like in the last five movies, we've had three where we were just kind of like, eh. It's weird. We're on a roll.
0: Maybe we're just really cynical right now. Yeah. As we should be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, what are we going to be covering on our next episode?
0: Another film you've been trying to get me to cover for a long time Biodome.
1: Yeah. We haven't done Polly Shore yet. He's, he's a big 90s icon.
0: No.
1: There are quite a few Polly Shore mm-hmm. movies I want to do, but I, I'm cool with doing Biodome. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we can do Biodome.
1: How are we going to do it?
0: I said we can do
1: it. But... <laughs> yeah, let's do it. it. makes sense. We've been captive <laughs> exactly. in our apartment for a while, and he's captive in a dome. But...
0: I should I should live in a dome.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we're going to cover the Polyshore Shore classic, Biodome. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, can you tell our listeners where we can find you on the internets?
0: All over the internet at Katrina Ossity or Katrina Sherwood if you're into seeing some uh, very political stuff.
1: Nice. <laughs> and you can check out everything that's uh, podcast related at mdxpods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at mdxpods. And if you want to support the show, you can help us out on patreon.com mdxpods. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you.